It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Welcome to Time Enough Podcast. It's where we talk about episodes of the Twilight Zone and beyond. As always, this is Matt here. Joining me today from, I know her from Mission Log to Oroville, although she does a few other different, I think you have a few separate podcasts. You don't know Nick. I know that one, but it's uh, Jessica one, Lynn yeah. Verdi. Welcome Hello. back. Thank you so. so much for having me back. Yeah. It's You Don't Know Nick. We do. I, I'm, a, I'm a weekly host for Sci-Fi 5 on the Roddenberry channel. And then I have another podcast with my boyfriend, which is um, Podcast of the Rings. It's like insane that no one took that name for Lord of the Rings. So it, I assume so. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's pretty good, though. I think it's great. So it, we started by um, talking about episodes of the new Lord of the Rings show from Amazon. And, and now we're continuing going through other works. So now How did that one play for you? I, I guess you're a Rings fan, are you? I am. I, I grew up. So like I... I grew up being a fan of, you know, um, Star Wars and Star Trek and uh, Dune and Lord of the Rings. So like the major titles. Right. And I liked the show a lot. I can see why people have problems with it. My boyfriend is one of those people that has that can ha has like issues with it. But I feel like the people that know those lore stories more intimately are the ones that aren't going to like it as much because they can see where it deviates too much from text and then other people that i know that aren't as into lord of the rings but like it but don't know all these background stories that jr created they're just like this is great i love this and so there's a little bit of what that tells me is kind of just let go a little bit of what your expectations are and just go along for the ride and you're more than likely going to enjoy it i think that's that's a fandom i still haven't cracked i've got the extended blu-rays right on my shelf here but I've, i mean have you watched them i like half of it well then why do you even have it because <laughs> it was like 12 bucks on a black oh. friday sale several years yeah. ago i'm like okay I'm, I'm and i'm gonna get to it i have a sci-fi podcast and you know sci-fi fantasy we're gonna have to do them eventually yeah. and then i'll give them their full proper view but um yeah and i think that's fine and again you don't have to love everything if i only spent my time watching dune i'd still be a normal person but i i didn't i i really loved it but then dating this guy got me more into it you know so it, it'll be there waiting for you and you'll like it the, oh, it the is. movies are so good except for the hobbits, <laughs> the hobbits <laughs> we are just bad we got off on the wrong foot with us back in 2001 when Fellowship came out. My dad and I went to the theater to see Fellowship. I think we had like um, two martinis coming into the movie. Oh, no. <laughs> and we're just sitting there grumbling to each other. Like, oh, just guys staring at each other for three hours. <laughs> that's too long. Yeah, that's probably. I think if you had gone in high, it might have been a little bit better. But you also might have fallen asleep. You know, I yeah, think yeah. I fell asleep during one of the. Phantom Menace or something like that. I think I fell asleep. As I fell asleep in the first Hobbit, and I never watched the second and third. So, 
I think I, I think I fell asleep in the cave, but I that don't blame makes you. sense. I get you're, it. In a, I get you're in a cave, you take a nap, makes sense. Uh, today, I guess I should change you're gears. Sleepy. Oh yeah, it was after work as well. Well, you know? so what that's happens? What happens when you fall asleep in the twilight zone is what's happening. Oh, today. oh, wow, that master segue there. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> We're talking about shadow play today, which is the uh, more disturbing end of the world of dreams, I suppose. Let me uh, knock out just a bit of trivia on this. Uh, the original air date was May 5th, 1961. The script is by Charles Beaumont, dripping with his trademark existential dread. And mm. it may or may not be based on one of his uh, short stories called Shral Mirai. Um, he did take dialogue and stuff from that story and put in the script so at least it was informed by it but you can steal from yourself that's fine i think that's right German i think, I think john williams does all the time <laughs> <laughs> oh well and then from wagner too <laughs> yeah exactly. Not, not, exactly not not to crap on john williams of course master composer but no you know. one's crapping on him but it, but like <laughs> i was watching home alone because it was just the you know the holiday season just passed and it's basically hogwarts it's like just listen to it side by side. It's the same exact soundtrack. No, I I, I play in orchestras and actually for the because of pandemic for the past like three years we've been practicing the same music and uh so we keep playing um Dvorak's New World Symphony and the the third one uh, third movement is just like the um Phantom Menace uh song the whatever the Duel of the Fates or whatever it's it's a, a little uh, different it, um... obviously not the same but. Andrew Lloyd Webber stole like Bolero for uh, memory from Cats. Like, and he even went to his father. Mm -hmm. He's like, is this Bolero? And and his father said, it's, it is a million dollars. It sounds like a million dollars. So just use, I mean, we you can't help but be informed as artists. So if you no. steal from yourself, there are worse crimes. No, I found sometimes the best thing to do is consciously steal something. And then everyone thinks that you're doing something else. So Ooh, that's yeah. actually great advice for TTRPG players or people that play D&D if you're like the DM you try to imitate somebody or like like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Tom Hanks impression or a Christopher Walken impression you may not be good at that impression but you're still doing something different so you've created your own character in that way yeah you just throw them off a little bit yep, <laughs> totally so more more trivia throw it my way oh yes yes <laughs> German director John Bram is back in the chair and I'd be remiss not to speak out credits such as 1942's the Undying Monster, or 1954's The Mad Magician. I just love the titles. Yeah, um, very good. Dennis Weaver plays doomed DA Adam Grant. He was Marshal Matt Dillon's deputy Chester Good on Gunsmoke and took on the starring role of the TV series McLeod. He also showed up in Steven Spielberg's first TV movie, Duel, which I don't know if... I think John Williams jumped on the next movie with Spielberg, so... <laughs> Sugarloaf Express oh, or something, I think. Yeah. Dream DA Henry Ritchie was played by Harry Towns. He showed up in many a sci-fi guest spot, doing some old west duties on Bonanza and again Gunsmoke. He also has some sci-fi credits appearing in Star Trek's The Return of the Archons and as the Guardian in Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Finally, plucky newsman Paul Car uh, Carson was played by Wright King. His main claim to fame was a starring role on Wanted, Dead or Alive, whose promos often cap off these Twilight Zone episodes, especially on the ah. Blu-rays where they leave the promos in at the end. So you see a lot of uh, promos for that show. Synergy, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> sure. It sounds I mean, or, you know, small acting pool. 
also. A little bit of that <laughs> as well, for sure. <laughs> um, Jessica, if you could take a moment and prologue us. Oh, sure, sure. I know this is why you keep on asking me back. Uh, oh, did I do the Christopher Walken before? I feel like I did. Okay. Adam You're walking Grant. it. No, no. Uh, oh, yeah. Sterling. Adam Grant, uh, nondescript kind of man, found guilty of murder and sentenced to the electric chair. Like every other criminal caught in the wheels of justice, he's scared right down to the marrow of his bones. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Uh, but it isn't prison that scares him. The long, silent nights of waiting, the slow walk to the little room, or even death itself. It's something else that holds Adam Grant in the hot, sweaty grip of fear. Something worse than any punishment this world has to, off has to offer. Something only found in the Twilight Zone. Sure. Yeah, I, I think you were like kind of like I was not sure if you wanted to do Serling or go with that walking. So it's both. It was both. <laughs> I think I, again, great character work from Jessica Lynn over here. I mean, a prime Christopher Walken would probably be a pretty good Twilight Zone narrator. So he probably actually would. That's a really great point. I feel like he's a little old to pull it off now because now he just has that, you know, the weight of age is I, I think you have to have he's someone tired. Little, yeah, you got to have someone a little younger and slicker to, to be giving you your Twilight Zone uh, intros. You're totally right. And I was watching I was noticed I was like looking at how Rod Serling speaks because it's very it's so distinct right and i was watching him do this monologue or you know prologue and his mouth he's like smiling almost he's like he's gonna get you know canned this guy like he's like it's all in the front of his mouth and he's sort of smirking it's a very, it's a very odd delivery well part of it is he was not the guy that decided to do these he was not comfortable on camera uh really? the reason the reason he's holding the cigarette is partly as a nervous clutch crutch. So he's like me. Bob doling it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. So, um, wow. yeah, he would just like that, like chilled him out to be on screen. And I, especially by season three, I think he was actually teaching writing classes out on the, uh, East coast, like, uh, closer to his actual home. So he just bop out every few weeks, uh, film like eight of these things and go back home. <laughs> Wow, I think I mean, at this point he's a little more seasons, boots on the ground. Yeah, it's starting especially yeah, with the third tell. season. I mean, you can tell because he's actually in that scene. You know what I mean? Right, right. On set, Serling's always a, a bit of a treat. So, uh, second, first season you don't get him on set at all. You just get his voice. Uh, second season oh, is that shit. sweet spot where he's still relatively. I mean, he's actively involved through the whole thing, but you know he has. He got distracted by other things later on because once you got the machine running, you don't really have to uh, be at the wheel all the time, right? <laughs> right, right. So, yes, I think that's ideal. I mean, that's how you drive yourself nuts, which I, I believe he was probably doing on the first season by working on it so hard. So, <laughs> well, and anything you do, like it's always a misnomer when people go into business for themselves or work on a show or work on a project. They're like, I just want it to make me a lot of money and I'd chill. Like most people need to be involved in the baby making process until it starts chugging along without you. I guess that's the danger of being, having a personality um, so identified with your product. Like it's like Twilight Zone, that's Rod Serling. I mean, hey, now we got Elon Musk doing, you know, five different brands and clearly going insane on the world stage. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, if you, 
think about Kanye West too. He's completely synonymous with his, you know, talent, but also him losing his mind. Not losing yeah. his mind. He's just he's just an unwell person. Um, yeah, I think I think about that with um, Seth MacFarlane too, because like he's people. I have to ascribe his opinions with everything that they see on Family Guy, and that just can't be true. It's, it's not possible. He's not writing for the show anymore. He hasn't been writing for the show in over 10 years. And when we got to interview him for um, Mission Log, I was like, so what is your gripe against cats? He goes, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, every single episode, you guys are talking crap about cats and Family Guy. He goes, oh, that's someone else's gripe. Like, it's just not him, even though Family Guy is him. Yeah, yeah, it's it's his brand, but you still right. like Matt Groening and The Simpsons. I mean, was he ever that involved with the show? <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine he wasn't. But yeah, I'd be curious. Like, obviously, Futurama was his baby at a certain point too, and so he's focused on that. It's very, be really interesting to know how much oversight comes in twenty years later. You know. Yeah, you just burn yourself out. You got to put other people on the on the driver's seat, which could to. be could be what Adam Grant needs. Um, so stuck in this dream. Have you ever seen, there's a couple of different episodes of Black Mirror that this harkens back to. Have you seen, do you watch Black Mirror? Uh, it's it's part of my end beyond blurb at the beginning of this. I definitely want to get to it. Uh, so far, I've only seen the, um, what, what, is it the Alistair, the, the, the Star trek one? <gasps> that one's so good. Yeah, when I saw that, because that was before Discovery had come out, so there was like nothing along those lines on television so i like pinpointed that was like i have to go watch that and i really liked it i need to watch more black mirror but uh it's it's on the list of you know this podcast we'll get to it for sure well it makes sense because it's it's just the updated twilight zone essentially but the setting is our our not so distant future should certain technologies continue to right that one's very technologically minded right we're... Yes, but the con- moral conundrums still exist. And I guess the issue, and I wonder if this is true, and maybe you know better than I do, because I really am only watching episodes of Twilight Zone because you asked me onto the show. Um, but it, the Black Mirror is sort, sort of ends up prescient because a lot of the, the episodes it's had sort of turns into reality, sadly, but that's kind of the point. Are there like... Twilight Zone episodes that people go, oh, look, that happened, or this weird thing that people were afraid of could happen uh, was pointed to in a Twilight episode first? We were um, just talking a few weeks ago. Um, I, I, I guess it was Static. Yeah, we were talking, I was talking to John Champion for that, and uh, oh. on Static, we uh, had the idea, because it's this guy is able to access radio from 20 years ago and it's like bizarre and mystical and he's hearing Tommy Dorsey and speeches from FDR all of a sudden and 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 everyone else is like hypnotized by the television but it's it's 60s programming so you watch what's on and we're like wow that we can't quite understand this anymore because our technology the way we take in media has changed so much like this seems absurd flashback to something that you can't hear again Easily. Right. Oh, like now, I mean, I can play Tommy Dorsey on my iPad right now and, and nobody thinks that's weird, you know? <laughs> right. Right. That's yeah. that's actually. That, yeah. So it's more like what they thought we could and couldn't do versus today. Like what would be strange. Right. And that's one thing on Shadow Play where because you're mentioning Black Mirror maybe has similar things. And, and I wasn't like, oh, technology, that's stupid. I, but I was saying this one is clearly so. not technology. This one is 
mystically weird. <laughs> it's so mystically weird to the point where I just want the answer so badly. Like, why <laughs> is this happening to him? It, uh, I had a different upsetting. impression. I had a different impression um, viewing it a couple times. The first time I saw it, I assumed he simply has the stream every night, wakes up and does this thing and goes back to sleep and has the stream again. Whereas watching it last night, I was like, wait a minute. He's just stuck in a loop. He's not even waking up, is he? <laughs> uh, how, how did you see it? Yeah, that's... I So, I... I took into consideration the monologue that this is a weird form of punishment for him. Someone's punishing him worse than just, you know, the death sentence. And that's actually kind of what made me think about it in terms of Black Mirror, because there's a couple episodes where uh, there was a, you can, you know, like, so actually looking at that Alistair episode where you could just take the DNA from somebody and you can totally replicate them in a digital world and so like when the the guy's kid is thrown out the airlock that kid is feeling that over and over again so that was part of the torture of that episode the star trek episode um so take that same concept of being able to take someone's dna and make them relive over and over again in the digital world people were doing that with convicted murderers and you were like you could press the button and electrocute somebody over and over again so yes it wasn't the person that was initially killed but it is their we're supposed to believe their consciousness is experiencing it over and over again so that's kind of what adam grant seems to be experiencing there's another episode too where this woman's uh mind is being erased over and over again um so that she could relive um a whole town torturing her because she committed a similar crime but then they just wipe her brain or memory and they do it to her all over again the next day i'm totally spoiling everything for you not a little bit it'll be a few years before i get there (laughs) yeah exactly you'll totally forget it this is why which is why i'm going into depth but so my my impression is well now it's completely different my impression initially was that he was being punished that this was like some otherworldly torture for his convictions but immediately immediately i thought this guy was not guilty that's what, what what's really strange i was like but but in the 60s television, if someone's convicted of a crime, they're guilty, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't really deal a lot with whether some. It wasn't until 12 Angry Men brought that potential up of like, this is not, the person's maybe not guilty of a crime. Um, Which would have been fresh but, in the public consciousness when this episode aired. So that could have been on the mind. I, oh, that's, yeah. I was curious about that too. Because um, I didn't know the timeline exactly uh, as to when the, the, those two things existed. But it definitely gave me that, 12 angry men vibe and that's why i thought initially he wasn't talking like because if if if, uh, if the defendant isn't talking that gives us an opportunity for us to go well well is he guilty or is he not guilty but now i'm wondering if he's if he's putting if, if the priest was a preacher he grew up with as a kid if the newsman was the kid the the priest that replaced that guy um if the, if these are all things that he if he's actually like warping the world what if this is his fever dream that's happening right before he actually is IRL extra, uh, uh, electrocuted. Okay. Like, we May- don't know maybe. how long life lasts before our eyes takes. Actually, it's interesting because my, my take, that's why I was like, is it a loop he's having or is he like waking up going back to work every day, going back to sleep? I, I see this episode as sort of maybe he realizes he let an innocent man 
guy as a DA. Right. And, and this right. is his own, this is himself oh. punishing himself. This is his subconscious giving it to him, you know, like, um, some, some of the, the metaphysical minds are like, there is no heaven or hell except for your mind creating it. So he's making his own hell in a certain sense of the word. He wants to be here because of his guilt. Sure. Sure. Like I, yeah. I think when I go ahead, sorry. I uh, just think I basically my impression, even from the first viewing was he's doing this to himself, but on a subconscious level. But it's so he's so tortured, right? Like, I think, I think what's even more frustrating as to whether he's doing it to himself or not, it seems like he just barely gets people to agree with him. Just barely is about to escape the loop, right? So, like, something about the fact that he couldn't convince the DA to stay the execution until a minute after he died. They're, like, I don't know that he'll ever get out of that loop either. Like, it's, you know, like how in a dream where you go to, like, punch somebody or go to run and you physically can't because you're in a dream. Like, everything he wants, he's just basically struggling. I think that the thing that really trips me up about this episode is I really just want to know why he's going through it. What's causing him to go through it? And, like, he's trying to figure out every time this happens what it's like the the war of tomorrow or what's that tom cruise emily blunt movie oh there's like eight different titles for that but my favorite is all you need is kill and that's what my japanese blu-ray says so i'm sticking they with named it. it that too all you need is kill that's the name of the original uh novel slash manga got it so in japan it kept that name but i guess that was considered to be too aggressive in the state so what it was um edge of tomorrow then it was edge Live of Die, repeat yes yeah. yes but so like how Tom Cruise remembers everything from each time he's died, this guy is remembering it and kind of having to go, okay, what, what sequence of events do I need to accomplish in order to not make this continue to happen? I mean, I get, I've been stuck in, not stuck in dreams like this guy, obviously, because I'm here talking to you, but I, I've had a few, like just in the past week, like I'm trying to get across town, like I need to make it to a concert or a, um, or work or something, you know, it's just impossible to move across town. I, I'm carrying too much stuff, that sort yeah. of thing. There's obstacles. I mean, you know, that's, that's, I guess, the general kind of dream angst. Yeah, well, and now that you mention it, um, I've talked about it several times because it's actually bothering me. I am in a loop in a lot of my recurring dreams. I did not know that I had so many recurring dreams, but I, it really came out more in the pandemic how often, well maybe my recurring dreams started during the pandemic, but I dreamed that I am missing one class from graduating over and over again. And sometimes it's at my elementary school. Sometimes it's at my, you know, high school or middle or like a version of all four schools I've ever attended, but I just can't make it to this one class. And it, it that and that reality stays the same in that dream world for me. And it's very frustrating because I just want to like inject into my brain, like, hey, you graduated. You don't need to take another class. Don't go back to high school. You're good. Like, I don't know what it is my brain is trying to work through and why for years now, for at least two to three years, I've been dreaming some something very similar to that. I think I, ha I had a similar one about 10 years out of university. Mine was like I'd been forgetting to go to the class for two to three months. And now it's like 
exam time. That's uh, part of it. That was part okay. of it. So like, so it's a, it's a, it's like a varying different versions of each of like, there's just one class that I can't get to. And it's like, either I forgot to get to it or I haven't been studying or it's for some reason, it's always on the one day I don't attend school, but like, I'm not going to graduate if I don't do that. And it still is 30 plus something year old Jessica trying to take that class. It's awful. No. Now I have had, especially in the high school version, because I mean you could be back in a in a secondary education, right? Sure. But sure. in the high school version, I actually have gotten to the point where I have a dream like that at some point. I'm like, wait a minute, I have a university degree. Why do I care about high school? <laughs> That's a very helpful perspective. I think had I completed college, I might be able to have a little more reality under my belt. <laughs> <laughs> so, but maybe that's the thing with this guy's um dream loop i guess i'm I'm gonna go dark and say he's stuck in a dream loop but you know sure. eventually he might get it right every every new iteration all the roles get changed uh you mentioned the priest was from his childhood it seemed that that character had not been in his previous loops because he's like i kind of recognize you but who are you oh no, no, yeah so it ha- he, that pre- the character had been because he's like i still can't I, cu- I can't place you i can't place you i've seen you a couple times but I can't figure out where you're from. And then he finally placed. Oh, he just hadn't worked it out yet. Okay. But the, the point is, yeah, Correct, everyone's yeah. in different roles. So maybe once these archetypes are in the right place, you know, maybe <gasps> he gets to the, once we shuffle the roles enough, may, maybe in an iteration, he suddenly finds he's the judge now and not the executed or the condemned and needs to figure yeah, out what to do. Interesting. I wonder, I wonder if it is just like a series of, like once everything's in its right place, the newsman actually is also a pastor or, you know, like it, it, it's one of the concepts I love about dreams is that are we actually in our own dream world or is there a dream plane where everyone is also actively dreaming? And, and so like the people that we interact with, are they actual people or face like, like, mashups of people we've met or are they actual humans that are also dreaming or is it like their subconscious that we're running into there's a part there's a part of me that just likes to fantasize about that no in my my dreaming i i occasionally most of the time when i run into people or characters in the dream i, I you know i can tell they're just dream characters but every once in a while i do feel like i'm having a more depthful conversation with something you know yeah, um, totally. again i maybe i'm really good at talking to myself that's for sure on the table but what, <laughs> what's actually strange is i i i speak spanish lightly and it's mostly just conversational but i took years of it in school and i speak excellent spanish in my dream like not like oh i think i i think i'm doing a good job like i know i'm actually speaking legitimate spanish and i'm speaking it well and i think there's an element of it is because like some part of that of my brain's getting tickled and so it's like hey by the way this is stored back here you just don't actively use it but there's just so many things we don't understand about the brain yeah Um, this is maybe 10 years ago it was before the star wars sequels came out and i had this dream and and i should mention my japanese is still garbage unfortunately but i had a dream where i was back in america and going to see the premiere of a new star wars movie and i I remember going to the concession concession stand which is supposed to be in america and trying to order in japanese and they're like what are you doing yeah so in in the dream so that was pretty pretty entertaining Um, i love it i love it that's the thing you can uh, oh go ahead no 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 you go ahead Oh, just saying, I mean, a lot of dreaming could be fun. This guy's just stuck in the worst version. 
where nothing is yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, and I guess that's what my question was going to be. It's like, at a certain point, do you, do you just give up? Like, do you just go, okay, great. Here's this. Like, it's kind of like Groundhog's Day, right? Where we see, this is basically the Groundhog's Day version of the <laughs> being executed. And like, we just, we are seeing him in the middle of his like frantic stage with it, where he's still trying to get out of it. But like, if it were me at a certain point, I'd just resign and be like, this sucks. And <laughs> All right, cool. Let's go. Let's like, what else are you going to do? There's a, um, you were asking about similar Twilight Zone episodes. And one of the really early ones is a judgment night where a German U-boat commander is reliving like basically a passenger ship that he torpedoed oh, except no. in, in his loop he's on the ship he's no longer on the submarine so um so that definitely is like his guilt well i don't know it could be hell too but uh, you know it's compounding his guilt each time because he knows that the exact time the ship's going to go down uh he has the benefit that he can go hit the bar i guess while he's waiting but <laughs> you know that, that that's kind of a, a similar vibe but in that when we talked about that one, I was like, can can his loop develop? Which in shadow play, there is change from one loop to the next loop. So you're talking about he's frantic. And I, I started thinking about kind of the, the the Eastern idea of of chakras. You don't have to believe in it or anything like that. I'm just talking about the general pace of like someone becoming enlightened starts at the base chakra. It's red, it's you know, that's all like where do I get food, you know, sex, all the basis instincts are there. And the idea is the 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 monk or the seeker or whatever moves up. You move up to where that's covered. You know, you're getting to your heart, caring for people. You're getting to your blue throat chakra. You're learning to speak properly and express yourself. Um, you know, until you get to enlightenment, which would be this top head chakra. You know, you're moving up to or or even like just needs in life. So this guy is stuck down at the bottom at red. Right, He's frantic. Right. He's just. I'm going to die. That's all there is. But like you said, could he groundhog day at start, like get to the, we're like understanding the dream characters, uh, talking to them more, things like that is, could the, the dream loop evolve in that way? It certainly could. Cause he's still so singularly focused on how this is affecting him. And the only way he was able to get them to pay attention this time around and again the time that we see because this also begs the question why are we seeing this loop why is this the loop that we're seeing if he's gone through this 500 times let's say why are we looking at this one with this ba this news person this priest and that's curious to me like just probably worth thinking about like in a, in a fun thought exercise but can he just slow down and go, hey, what what am I supposed to be learning here? Because he still is very selfish in this exact in this situation. So maybe he is a murderer and he needs to learn how to not be so selfish over and over again. Yeah, yeah. That's where I wonder if he has DA guilt and has murderer's guilt because he sent right. the wrong man to the chair. That, that again, that's I guess that's headcan because they really don't say it in this episode, but uh yeah, it could be that. It certainly could be that. Maybe like the people that are in the jail are, well, so here's another, oh, I was going to say the, 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 the thing that he's, the thing that he says that the, is what he's experiencing, like this version of being executed is what he's seen in movies because otherwise he really would have no 
recollection. He would have no idea of knowing how this worked. But I was gonna, so I was going to say the the don't let them hurt me, mommy guy could also be in his like insane, like could be like the late stage version of Adam Grant. But I, I forgot that he they explained that by saying that's how he would assume someone would be if they were on death row. Yeah. Another thing uh, you're mentioning death row and dream characters and everyone's really concerned that if and when Adam Grant wakes up, they all cease to exist, which I, I guess would be true if it's his dream. So, Well, I think it's when he dies, they will stop existing in that iteration. Right. And that's why they're scared. So, well, first of all, if you see a roast after you know that your wife was making steak, you don't stay at the execution then. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that should have been immediately like, well, this guy's something's going on here. Let's stop. But then they, they still like go, well, I don't know. I don't know. They hem and haw for too long. But so they said that when he, he says that when he's executed, this that they will die. They that this version of them living will die and that's that is what the da is scared of is losing this current version of his life yeah and uh, there's another bit of easternism to bring in again i don't know how much charles beaumont the writer was in or not into central tenets of hinduism sort of thing but there's the idea that everything is maya it's the illusion and it's it's the dreamer's uh, dream and the war the universe ends when the dreamer awakes right uh-huh <laughs> i mean they sure like what we're experiencing now there's a dreamer and if that dreamer were to just like pop its eyes now you know we'd all vanish in a in a what in a something <laughs> question what if the da is the guy he murdered because he can't quite place him oh yeah yeah maybe cold alley sort of you know yeah dark alley is what i was looking for but that could be the case yeah <laughs> it could be and that's like what he's trying to do is get that guy to forgive him yeah yeah that could be the case i mean at this point he's put he's i don't know i guess he's going through those stages of grief in a certain way and uh yeah it, yeah you're totally right i i think i was trying to say the same thing by going through like the idea of shockers and stuff but yeah the stage of the grief might be an, another concept he's clearly on the earlier stages he hasn't gotten anything You're totally right he's not he's not taking the lesson away from this that he that if there is any lesson to be learned he's not he's not close to learning it yet but you know he's getting what shock treatment every at the end of every iteration so maybe you know that's <laughs> like we're just like I, we, he has to go through it again but in order to do that he has to get electrocuted again um uh, right just to as a little bit of luck at least he's not having to deal with like green mile problems uh it seems to be a straight straight up execution <laughs> right he's definitely <laughs> jesus that it's, it's one and done for sure yeah so at, at, at least they yeah at least they um do it efficiently in this in this episode <laughs> yeah poor guy i don't know would you would you be as frantic as him if like if you were killed over and over again, but you were still alive? I don't know. I, um, I'm actually trying to, sometimes I do write down my dreams and see if I can load that up, but like I had a, a slash quote unquote nightmare, uh, mm. but it wasn't really, I was, I was doing some kind of science research out like, like in the forest, right? No, there's animals around. And, uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm walking out and a wolf is, you know, following me or quote unquote chasing me. Right. Oh, no. And I'm like, well, what's it going to do when it catches up? And it kind of catches up and stares at me for a moment. I was like, oh, what now? And I guess I'm going to bite in your arm. Bump. There's like a few holes. It didn't hurt or anything. Though. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. there's some holes in my arm. And then it just kind of wandered off and I left the forest. <laughs> just like, oh, I guess we have to do this now. So let's go ahead and do it and move along. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's just fulfill your your duty. And that's so interesting. I do. Yeah. I really do love thinking about dreams. They're they're hard to explain to other people, so I, I try not to. Because my first instinct, like my one of my best friends' kids, is just can't wait. He's like four, and he can't wait to tell you about every dream he had last night. And and it's so sweet to him because it's so sweet to me that he wants to do that because it was such a stimulating experience for him that he wants other people to experience that. But he doesn't realize that if you weren't in that dream, it's really hard for people to understand. But I'm I I feel similarly to him that my dreams experiences are so real, feeling like the and my narratives are so long and drawn out that I all I want is for people to like know what I went through. But it really is just for me because I'm sorting through some some trauma or junk, you know, in the middle of the night, basically. There have been like um, indigenous or, or tribal cultures where actually it was pretty normal for the family to get together in the morning and discuss what they had dreamed the previous night really which seems like a pretty solid what form was that? of therapy just, just didn't what did they think it was doing um well of right. course you got the uh in, in australia you you've got the aborigines which i should also note i could get, list six different names for who they actually are because they aren't all the same people but you know they have the dream time where that's kind of more like you said where are these dreams taking place they would say oh that's more real than this world <laughs> so we have to talk about what happened and i i could time. believe that so I, I i do kind of like i that. love that i love like having some reverence i mean for me i do no i'm sorry i keep on cutting you off i <laughs> oh oh no no that's fine i, I, I you know uh, skittering pinballs a thought there right but no I, I do discuss uh my dreams with a friend or two on a relatively regular basis even though they're bizarro or whatever so i, I guess you're asking about reverence of dreams or something i have a certain at least for like understanding how my brain's working or whatever and, and about four nights ago i woke up like i think it was one of the moving across the city with lots of obstacles and waking up totally anxious for like 20 minutes so <laughs> I, and that's something you kind of have to decompress from too, right? Like, okay, this is, yeah. Normally there's like a recalibration moment for me after specifically, after um, an especially uh, detailed dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just the experience, it keeps going and, you know, you're worrying about something you've broken or lost. And then you're like, wait a minute, I'm kind of, I'm in my room, aren't I? Okay. I don't really need to be so concerned about this. <laughs> right. Like I have all my teeth. Strangely yeah. enough, I, I can actually um, fall back to sleep in, in the, so like in the morning I'll wake up after like a really intense dream or whatever. And then that following night when I'm going to bed, I can actually fall asleep more quickly if I can recall parts of that dream and kind of drop back into that state of that dream right so in the when i woke up anxious I, it was like 5 30 in the morning so i did go back to sleep and kind of went back into that dream 
but at that point i already realized i missed that concert doesn't really matter anymore so uh it, it was still hard to move around because it was the same dream environment but it didn't really matter anymore so maybe like, that's well what... it's over oh that's interesting kind of like acceptance of loss and now like now it's it's almost like a very interesting version of lucid dreaming yeah yeah so that is maybe what adam grant needs to you know Get o- he needs to get over this situation, even if he has to keep walking through the situation. Well, I mean, like, he's such a jerk to one of his fellow inmates when he's just playing the harmonica. So it's like, hey, just listen to him play the harmonica, jerk. Like, mm-hmm. he seemed, and that guy was so nice about it. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was bothering you. Like, he, he could have been asking for, he could have been cruising for a bruising and he was just so mean to that guy. He could, what if the whole time was spent like, Hey, just play, man. Let's just, <laughs> let's go, Coney. Yeah. He gets, needs to get to that groundhog day sort of um, acceptance, you know, yep. later, late stage Bill Murray, where he's like, whatever is fine. You know, yep. Yep. <laughs> granted he got a much better day to play with than this guy is. So <laughs> that's 100% the case. But there's like that really dark period of the Groundhog movie where he kills himself over and over again. Like I think that's the, where we're watching Shadow Play. I think we're in that stage. One hundred percent. One. Well, no, because there's more ennui in that, right? There's like, so this he's still in anger. He's still in like, I'm gonna eat all of the. Well, no, he's not even in. Yeah, no, I think we're right before that when bill murray's in that stage it's like an all is lost moment like well this is it I, nothing matters <laughs> of course he's a lot funnier because that's you know at least some well it is a comedy but it, it is a comedy it's a deep comedy <laughs> yes yes um i think a few more points might come out but i do want to get to my questions sure the first one is who in this episode is experiencing or going through the twilight zone <sighs> a great question and i forgot that was coming um i i i think i think it's i think i think it's adam i think it's adam now part of me wants to say it's the da but the da obviously shifts often sorry um the they're like they're both the leads like is adam grant and the da but i think it's i think it's adam grant i think it's yeah well i feel like he's the only character and the only actual character here right because it like clearly these characters are echoes of his mind. They don't seem to be like sentient dream characters, if that is or not possible. Like it's just his subconscious that he's looking at. So he, to me, he's the only character in this. That's a good point. Yeah. Because um, you're mentioning the RDA because his waking job is the DA, right? So when he's sleeping, he's the condemned. Well, that's your that's your thought process. Oh, that's, okay. That's, yeah. what you, that's what you think, right? We oh, yeah. That's that. right, 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 right. Do, hold on, I, I I need to relook at Rod's prologue because I feel like he said that, but maybe he didn't. Maybe I did. No, just I think it. he said that this is the wheels of justice. Oh, uh, yeah. Like... Okay. Uh, weird. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at the prologue again, now I'm like, why did I get that seared into my brain so much? I, I think well, no, you, know, you my... said er- earlier that that just seemed to be what you thought it might be. Like you had, like you didn't hmm. say that that's what. You just might be so convinced that that's the reality. <laughs> We're having to deal with dream logic here. That's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> this is exactly this is exactly right. Yeah. Okay. So the the more heavy hitter of a question, I guess, is um, does he deserve his trip into the twilight zone? 
I think that's really hard to to gauge if we don't know what the 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 murder charge is, if this is something like he actually did. Um, I, I think you're supposed to assume that he's guilty, but I can't assume that not having any information. I guess he deserves it as much as he thinks he deserves it. That he's angry, but he doesn't necessarily seem undeserving. Like he's he doesn't you know, feel like it's unjust that he's dying. Like he thinks it's weird it's happening so quickly because yeah. that's not how things work in real life. But uh No, he's just he just wants to die. I think that's what it is. Like it's like either like let's end this. Like I don't want to do this again. Yeah, he we definitely are not seeing the conundrum of him like I didn't kill anybody, so why is this happening to me? Um, but, like, I still am erring on the side of, like, I don't know what this guy did. I don't know what he did. I don't know who he killed. I don't know if it's true. So it's really hard to see what he deserves. It's And then, like, if you if you take it a step further to what we're, what you were talking about, like, if he's on the lower lowest version of his enlightenment path, does anyone deserve that just because he's unaware? Like, um, like, does he deserve to have this traumatic experience over and over again? I think that that's how life works. Life will throw you the same lesson over and over again until you're ready to learn it. But it's very particularly traumatic lesson. Right. Because uh, it's like, does anyone deserve a dark night of the soul sort of situation? But once right. they're past it, they usually own it. They're like, yeah, I had that experience. It made me who I am. <laughs> So, like, I have had a couple of, like, rock bottom moments in my life. And there was one that I just kept on, like, running my head into over and over again. Because I was like, I'm, I'm going to change this outcome. I'm going to change the outcome. Even though I knew I couldn't. And even, I, I, I'm, like, a few years with that past. Like, where I, where I stopped trying to change the outcome and just accepting that, like, like let's say I failed that one life lesson. Um. And I know everyone's gonna, everyone would say like, you're going to be so glad you went through this because you, you learned the lesson. And you know what? I am not glad I went through that. <laughs> I wish I didn't like, cause the thing is, it's like, I knew what the lesson was. I didn't want to learn it. And I told myself that I could change the outcome and I couldn't, and I did not And yes, like my life is very, for, for the thing that I was trying to make happen 10 times better things have happened because that didn't work out. But I really resent the fact that I had to go through that first, honestly. That is that, one. That's just me. Yeah, I, I guess you have some things on um, uh, some sh film and stuff you've done where you can see your past work. And with, uh, you know, I do a lot of music. So that's kind of almost like a brain journal, right? Because I'm like, oh, 10 years ago, I was I was much dumber. I didn't have these oh, skills. Oh, my God. But then I go back and play. I'm like, this is really good. Like those limitations didn't actually matter. <laughs> Honest to goodness, the, my limitations in art have made me, that's my cat, um, have made me a better artist. And I was, I did music for a long time and I only knew four or five chords and I wrote killer songs because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And, in, and when I would make a mistake on the guitar or something, I'd be like, oh, that's a cool sound. And the challenge of writing music got harder the more I learned. So like, it, it, obviously you can, then that just means go learn more and get better which I didn't want to go to, <laughs> but you're like, some people do this with painting. They'll work with a limited canvas. They'll work with limited colors. Like, okay, just tell me which colors I could use. You can be inspired if you only have 
burnt umber and raw sienna and that's it and that's the only those are the only two colors you can paint with so i do wonder if adam grant can you know maybe work within his limitations of being stuck in a dream and dying every night mm -hmm. i mean there's <laughs> got to be something you're going to do with that right because he's got he's got the whole day before that you know for something that, that's that's just it it's like it's taken me this long in my life to recognize that yeah crappy stuff happens and granted i'm not on death row i understand that which is not to say that that you know it, it, this current <laughs> we shouldn't have execution in general but that's not what this whole podcast is about but i've gotten to a place where at some point like i've accepted like ah today this was this crappy thing happened my whole day doesn't need to be crappy because of that and I that I think that's where like my enlightenment is going toward is like as opposed to experiencing emotional volatility learning how to just approach approach things even keeled in an even keeled way and and this guy obviously isn't very good at that um where do you want to put this episode on our tripometer <sighs> I'm gonna put it like, go ahead remind me yeah oh okay uh zero to five five being yeah very trippy five i think it's trippy man i don't know what it's happening why it's happening it's upsetting it's gonna stick with me i'm i really want to know what happened yeah i'm I'm gonna go five because i i find when i get on with the guest and it's like we had we basically watched different episodes because of our own assumptions right and I'm like th that's right, right, really right. fascinating I'm like whoa you watched a different episode than i did almost even though we watched yeah. the same thing and I, yeah. I that to me that's actually where the twilight zones that it's trippy best um you know there, there's other kinds of things it does well you were on the monsters of do on maple street and that one very different but this one yeah I, I, people see the same episode when they watch this one but shadow play or something like that's like we kind of watch different episodes it's like well you saw that in it and you saw that in it that's that's crazy that so that's that's trippy that you have a a, a frozen piece of media that can be completely viewed in different ways <laughs> that's the beauty of storytelling and why it's so important to us as humans and why it's the longest medium longest existing medium of how we share stories and experiences it be, and and good ones will transcend that era and this is another episode where we're sitting here and talking about it for for the past 50 minutes or so i'm like wow i, I kind of like it better now you know i mean i liked it before yeah, but now i'm totally. like okay there's because I'm like, oh, you could see it, look at it this way or this way or consider it this way. I mean, my notes had nothing about the grief or enlightenment process that came out in this uh, chit-chattering. So <laughs> that's why I mean, also, that's why I like talking about this stuff, because I do like like having a, a touchstone to expound on ideas like this. But also, you really just give me an excuse to watch The Twilight Zone, because otherwise I wouldn't watch it. So I'm I'm grateful for that. Yeah, well, they just had the marathon last week. I live in Japan. I don't get it anyway. I didn't watch it. I watch these, you know, I'll give them a few views, but I'm basically plugging along with, you know, my, I'm not binging them myself. So <laughs> I love it. I love that. It's great because it's there for you when you're ready. Right. Well, that was the, actually a big, the, the stupid reason for starting this podcast is, well, I got this Blu-ray set. I do want to watch it all. I, it, <laughs> I have to commit myself to doing that. So It'll take me a few years to watch it, and that's fine. Hey, makes it makes it the gift that keeps on giving. Yep, totally. To myself, because I bought it for myself. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, those are great gifts. Those are my some of my favorite gifts. Right on. Um, did you have any other big points on this one that 
you wanted to throw out or do we do we get to all those no i think we i think we hit the major points i i look forward to you watching a couple of those black mirror episodes um because i really do think it peppered how i viewed this um and i think i think you and i kind of hit on something with the uh i i i I, I challenge other people that are listening to this episode and us to think more on why do, are, why are we seeing this particular moment of him? In, like, why are we seeing this version? If he's had this dream 700 times already, why are we seeing this one? And I, I don't have an answer to that. Yeah. And it, and I would tell people also kind of go check out Judgment Night again as an interesting uh, compare and contrast with this one as a twilight zone with a similar situation. I, I'm sure we have a few more that are along these lines, but sure. it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a good vein of, you know, mind games to play with yourself basically. Right. Yeah, to- <laughs> Totally. Who doesn't like to ruin their good night's sleep? I, I always, you know, idiot wisdom, I guess we'll say, but uh, Tim and Eric awesome show. They had Dr. <laughs> Steve Brule, like, uh-huh. you know, if, if you're lonely, you could just, make puzzles and then solve them <laughs> like well, actually that's a good idea that's not a bad idea steve it's a that is, you know what sometimes there's pearls of wisdom from uh, steve Burrell. that's right anyway i'm having to look at a date here it is, it is early february anything amazing going on your senior that you want to plug yeah um if it's early february and and all things going according to plan in early March, uh, the second half of Heartbeats, my improvised medical dramedy show, should be live. So we'll see if that happens. So there's, there's some cool improv internet stuff going on. Um, I'm also DMing uh, D&D episode, or D&D games for like private games where people can buy like a seat at my table if they want to experience a fun um, one-shot t- tabletop game with me. Um, and just more podcast stuff. I'm- that's it. That's it's basically if you go to jessicalinverdi.com, you could figure out some stuff that's going on. Radio. As for this, this is Time Enough Podcast. It's Time Enough Pod on Twitter, I guess. <laughs> Facebook. I'm I'm still there. <laughs> it's still, hey, I, 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 there's no reason to leave yet. Right. <laughs> uh, also on Facebook. And if, if you want to get under the hood a bit more on Patreon or Podcastio, Podcastius, where we talk about sci fi films on Matt and Luke's sci-fi sanctuary i've started talking about the weird magical elements of uh, occult elements of disney movies and my occult disney podcast which is there and i should say uh, my co-host and i like we really like disney films and stuff we're just you know looking for those weird things that uh in the history of the films or you know weird imagery uh the number of owls that appear is pretty trippy and they're always the same that kind of thing that's interesting (laughs) Think about Winnie the Pooh, Sword in the Stone, uh, Fox and the Hounds, always the same owl. <laughs> yes. Well, that's also because it was Saving less money. expensive. Yes. No, no. <laughs> I, I just uh, watched 101 Dalmatians last night with the heavy use of Xerox animation. <laughs> oh, sure. And that's also not a very long movie, too. So they're like, uh, we're just going to do this 40 minutes and call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, all of these earlier Disney movies are like you know, less than an hour and a half, just like. Right you know 60 to 80 minutes so but uh th- that's kind of nice sometimes it is just actually, to sit down it and, actually is hey i can watch this whole movie right now and not get particularly like stressed out i feel like i should be doing something else i have trouble watching things i can't binge shows I, again getting back to why i'm doing the twilight zone podcast the way i'm doing it 
I, yeah. I, I actually totally understand that. It, it shouldn't be the case because I can actually sit down and watch a few episodes in a row. But when it's a movie, I'm like, I should do something else. <laughs> this yeah, is I'm, too long. I'm notorious for breaking movies up into like three segments. So th- that's, I've been doing that too. That's the joy of the movie theater though, right? Because a few weeks ago, I did go down and sit down and watch Avatar for three hours and 12 minutes, you know? Uh, so... It is, it is a beautiful experience when you can be in the theater, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing is, uh, I go to the late shows in Japan, and there's like five people in the theater for a late show. They like to go in the afternoon. So I almost always get like practically private screenings, which is fantastic. Oh my gosh. How interesting. <laughs> yeah. And also living up in the mountains probably helps. You know, it's not Tokyo, right? So that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay. Well, it's night time. Oh, not quite night time, but you're closer to bedtime, I guess. So, so sweet dreams. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I find that feel like a threat.